Hey, guys. What? Where would an alien go to find the price of a used UFO? I don't care. No. <laughs> Project Blue Book. <laughs> God, I hate you, Ben. <laughs> I hope you get touched by a podcast. <laughs> I well, love that both you barely clapped yeah. at the same time. <laughs> Welcome to Touch by a Podcast. I'm Chris. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Ben. And we're talking Project Blue Book. Um, so aliens, because it's always aliens. Oh, yeah. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> um, how was your weekend's... Since this has been plural since the last time we've done a podcast. <laughs> oh, you know. All right. <laughs> you doing good? Put him on the spot here. I yeah. went to Alabama. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Huh. Roll Why? Tide. Why? I got in-laws out there. You know, uh, stuff yeah. like that. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Yeah. You know, we're still alive. You know, that's all you can, you know, all you can do. So we are definitely going to talk aliens again because aliens are cool. And more importantly, we're going to talk um, government research on aliens and the unclassified or declassified, sorry, declassified Project Blue Book. Um, but as always, we're going to talk about our beer of the podcast. Beer of Do a little podcast. introduction for it. So this is from our friends, and by that I mean the place we've got dr- drinks from before, Pontoon Brewing. That's uh, oh, right. We have had Pontoon. Yeah, Shout out to Pontoon. Before. So, um, three it's a beaver up there, right? Or is it an otter? I think it's an otter. That's an otter. It makes sense. Um, this is Galaxy Drifter American IPA. Uh, three, two, one, get weird. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we get weird all the time. Yeah. So it makes sense. This is a really good beer for us or a really good IPA for us. So we're going to cheers this bad boy and um, drink up. And let you know how we feel. Shades on, bottoms up. All right. This isn't going to cling because we don't have bottles. Clink. Clink. (laughs) Clink. Here we go. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. That is. Chris is like going to finish the entire beer right now. Holy crap, that's a little strong. (laughs) That's a good IPA. I like that a lot. Um, sorry. Yeah, we uh, we always end up giving away our. Feelings yeah, before. I mean, well, I thought we were supposed to do initial and final, right? That works for me. Yeah, something like that. Because we always make it like, oh, or like or most like, oh. of the time. It's like Chris got punched in the face. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, God. Pretty, pretty good. Um, Does that say crammed or creamed? <laughs> can it be both? Yeah, can it be both? Well, I guess it can. All right, so, so uh, yeah, hop in here. Ben, take us on a journey. All right, so Project Blue Book. So, what's um, the going rate for, for, you know, for a UFO? Yeah. Depends on the year and how many anal probes have been done. The um, more, the, the more, more expensive. Yeah, the, if it has a lot, then it's more expensive. So that's I'm, weird. Something when the salesman slaps the side of it and says, <laughs> "You can get a lot of anal probes in this bad boy." So many anal probes. Yes. I'd expect it to be the other way around. <laughs> I guess aliens um, don't like virgins. No, they do not. No, no, they go in they and they go in hard, wild and loose. So if you're if you're really tight, they're gonna be upset. I mean, mm. my question is, is it gonna be one and done? Are they gonna you know, you know? Leave you right after the first one? Or I would think just, so, because then they learned everything about you. Well, because they're loyal, and maybe they need to click data after. Maybe they, <laughs> they're not loyal. They need to be loyal. These, I'm still waiting on my phone call back, man. These, these hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> Took you out for a steak dinner. Never, never called, called you back. me back, man. <laughs> so it's not that type of Project Blue Book. Um, so initially this was created, or this was started uh, back in 1952, and they wanted to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security and they wanted to scientifically analyze UFO-related data. Um, ultimately, this was not the first. Uh, this was not the first time they'd done this. Um, I know you guys were mentioning Project Sign. Project Sign was an initial investigation prior to um, Project Blue Book. In 1947, a private pilot named Kenneth Arnold reportedly spotted nine glowing UFOs zooming over Washington's Mount Rainier. 
Uh, the public went wild for the so-called flying saucer shortly after the U.S. government launched Project Sign so they, they could determine if it was, if it was a threat. Um, so the Project Sign was similar to Project, Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book just ran longer, essentially. Uh, there's also what the Project, Project Grudge. Grudge. Mm-hmm. Grudge. Grudge, yeah. not Grunge. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> awesome, too. So it looks like, so just kind of some of the research we found, um, a bunch of different um, people oversaw this project. The first one, Captain Edward J. Ruplet, um, was the first person, I hope I said that right, Ruppet, Ruppelt, Ruppelt. How's it spelled? R-U-P-P-E-L-T. Ruppelt? Yeah, we'll go with that. Ruppelt Stilson? Yes. Yeah, he was the first person to oversee it. Um, he was a United States Air Force officer, probably ble- best known for his involvement in this. Um, and he actually was the first person to coin the term unidentified flying object, which for you noobs out there, that's what UFO stands for. Unidentified flying object. Okay. To re- yeah. <laughs> in case someone didn't know. Um, to replace the term flying saucer and flying disc. Um, because the military thought them to be misleading when applied to objects of every conceivable shape and performance. I don't know. I think flying saucer actually sounds pretty cool. As opposed to, I mean, UFO sounds cool too, but like flying saucer, that just sounds kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I immediately go to like a cup of tea, a plate, yeah, tea like on the saucer. Just see it going. And also, you, you don't get confused with the USO, which is the unidentified submerged object. Yes. Which is still aliens. Yeah, Uso. <laughs> Uso. So it, um, but Ruppel, so the, the aforementioned Project Grudge, excuse me, he was also the director of that until late 1951 until it became Project Blue Book in March of 1952. He remained with Project Blue Book until late 1953. Um, Jerome, Jerome Charles, who is a UFO researcher, writes of him, most observers of Blue Book agree that Ruppel's years compromise. Com- comprised the project's golden age when investigators were most capably directed and conducted. Um, he was open-minded about UFOs and his investigators were not known as grudges were for force-fitting explanations on cases. Mm-hmm. Which, from what I read, was kind of an issue back then um, in later years. Um, they started really, instead of trying to determine if it was, if they were real or a threat, they started really trying to debunk them. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a common theme across the three, the Project Sign, yeah. the Project Grunge, or Grudge, I keep saying Grunge, the Grudge, and then Project Blue Book, they're Headed all... by director Eddie Vedder. Yes. <laughs> they're all, um, they all kind of just, they're not, well, they're, says, not they're not objective. Right, right? it says everything was being evaluated on the premise that UFOs couldn't exist. Yeah. yeah. So they already went in with preconceived notion that these don't exist. Yeah, which I don't like. I mean, if you're supposed to be, and granted, this, you know, if it's supposed to be scientific, then you go in there with the open mind, you apply the scientific method to it. But if you go in there as a skeptic, as Matt has pointed out, yeah, you're just going to go into it trying to, you're going to have these biases, these preconceived biases, and you're going to research it in a way that confirms those biases, which is never something that you want to do. But happens all the time. Unfortunately, yes. Um... So the next era after that was the uh, Captain Harden era. Um, in March 1954, Captain Charles Harden was appointed the head of a uh, blue book. Um, however, the 4,602 conducted, um, sorry, the 4602 conducted most of the UFO investigations, and Harden did not object. Ruppelt wrote that Harden thinks anyone who is even interested in UFOs is crazy. They bore him. So just in the second era after the initial guy leaves, you're starting to see that the person who's in charge of it doesn't even believe really in what they're, what they're doing. And rather than trying to, you know, to prove or disprove anything, he's more so just trying to disprove. I mean, what do you guys think of that? Sounds like a bitch to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's... Why bother? Like yeah. That, like, if, if, you, if you're only going to let things fly through mm-hmm. that prove that they don't exist because that's what you want why bother why waste the time and the energy mm-hmm. i mean uh, i guess because you want to prove it wrong but yeah. for i mean for what reason i mean gets his jollies i don't, I don't know it's I don't know. 
Yeah, it just seems pointless. And I, I mean, know, I agree. Unless he was getting paid a bunch of money to oversee this thing, and, and, just then, had and to I would be there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and maybe that's what they wanted him to like. We want you to do have this an official and report it. that says yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that would that would make sense if that were the case. I mean, I, I mean, I'd just be interested in the butt stuff. I mean, I just want to know. <laughs> So these anal probes, do they use lube or do they just go in dry? The whole book is just that. It's like, uh, what about the rest? All of the UFO? No, 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 no. Let's get back to the anal probing. Project lube book. <laughs> <laughs> so after, after that. After Project the, butt stuff. <laughs> but after the Harden era, we've got the Captain Gregory era. Uh, Captain George T. Gregory took over as Blue Book's director in 1956. Like, my God. Like, they're just like going through directors like nothing. Yeah, this is three directors in four years, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Clark writes, Jerome Clark, the UFO investigator, writes that Gregory led Blue Book in an even firmer anti-UFO direction than the apathetic Harden. Mm, so firmer. it just keeps going down this road um, of people that don't believe in what they're investigating. Um, it says there was little to no investigation of UFO reports during his tenure. So then, what the hell are you doing <laughs> if you're not if you're not investigating? Collecting a check, son. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that has to be what it is. That's like most of mm-hmm. America nowadays just collecting a check. So yeah. Um, one way that he reduced the number of, of unexplained UFOs was by simple reclassification. Possible cases became probable, and probable cases were upgraded to certainties. Uh, by this logic, a possible comet became a probable comet while a probable comet was flatly declared to have been a misidentified comet. Mm. Similarly, if a witness reported an observation of a balloon light object, they just classified it as a balloon. So they were just out there, just <laughs> not even really trying, just like, ah, this say, is what it is. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the, um, the actual Project Blue Book, yeah. and um, <clears throat> there's a page that says total UFO sightings, 1947 through 1969. So it says uh, in 1966, there was 1,112 total sightings. Unidentified, there was 32. Your total from all those is 12,618 total sightings. Only 701 were unidentified. So definitely you want to skew your numbers with that probable bullshit. So, Yeah. So by 1958, guess what? We had another Another director. (laughs) Um, Is this this Jabroni? Yeah, he was a major friend. Get it? Oh, <laughs> Still hating you, Ben. <laughs> he was a friend in a major way. He was a Robert friend, Robert J. Friend. Um, how how are you a major with the name like friend? Who's afraid of you? Hey, this is my friend. <laughs> He's <laughs> okay. Maybe it was jokes like that that made him have to do this. <laughs> He's like, He's like I no, need to assert power. Ain't no punk, man. Ain't no punk. Ain't your friend. Um, but yeah, he came on the scene in 1958. So we're counting in six years, four directors. Um, friend made some attempts to reverse the direction that Blue Book had, Blue Book had but taken. But wait, there's more. Yeah. So he wanted, he kind of wanted to go back and try to actually start investigating this stuff and actually try to start what they actually started, you know, when they first started this. Um, and I, I don't know, like, was it too little too late, though, by that point? I mean, six years in the wrong direction. It's kind of hard to reverse course. Mm. We've been doing it for six Especially years. Especially if you go in one direction. Yeah. 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 Those one directioners. I bet they see a lot of UFOs because they're crazy. I don't like directioners. They'll probably try to kill me if they hear this stuff. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Underrated <Anyway>. female what? <laughs> Jeez. Oh. He said one directioners. I was just... Drink my beer. Oh, um, I don't know. My opinion is it would never be. This kind of topic is never too little too late. I mean, I know technology wasn't like, <laughs> uh, you know, getting exponentially better every year back then yeah. like it is now. But you got to think along the years, it could be something. However, they were, you know, trying to identify these things. Yeah. So I don't know. So it looks like here the last director uh, was Friend major. wasn't the last one? No, Friend was not the last one. How long one. did he last? He lasted until 63. All right, so and this, is there, this is the quesadilla person, right? <laughs> but is there is there proof that these that the six prior like had lives after this and they weren't abducted? We don't know. Actually, <laughs> like, we don't know that. Like, <laughs> Hey, it could happen. 
That's, that's what's a happening. More sense, yeah. Like, if you want to be a director, man, shit gets kind of dicey. <laughs> you might get abducted and anally probed, and you might want to quit. Just saying. Never seen again. Never seen her from again. They saw too much. They knew, or, too or they were much. all aliens to begin with, and they were like, "Shit, it's not working." They yes, aren't believing not. me. It's like today we lost a major friend. All right, so let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Hector. Hector King. Yeah, go for it. Quintanilla. Okay. Yeah. Did I say it right? I don't know if you said it right, but I didn't know the dude's name, and then Chris made a quesadilla comment. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't going in a good direction already. <laughs> Hector Quintanilla. Let's see where he's from. How? <laughs> oh. uh, anyone care to take a guess? <laughs> uh, Wyoming, City, Missouri. Yeah. Wyoming. Should we not? We got jobs. Is that this type of? The, is that direction we're going? <laughs> Monterey, Nuevo Leon, Mexico. Born in 1923, so he is dead. Um, he died in 1998. Thanks for the clarification. Can you yeah. say the name of the city one more time? Um, Monterey, Nuevo Leon, Mexico. Can tell you took French in high school. I did. I did. <laughs> did I say the Leon? Yeah. Incorrect. Well, say, Leon? say to us. Come on, Matt. Uh, I got to see how it's spelled. School me. Is it like Leon? Yeah, Leon with the um, accent over the O. Leon. Leon. That's actually kind of French. Sounds Nuevo French Leon. too when I do it. Mexico. Um, Lieutenant Colonel. He was the last mm. chief officer of Project oh. Blue Book. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, what? Never mind. I just realized we're talking about the French. We, I didn't hear anything you just said. Oh, no, it's all good. <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel, best known as the last chief officer of Project Blue Book. Born in uh, 1923. Of course, we said he died in 1998. He headed Project Blue Book from 1963 until its closure in 1970. So he was the longest tenured director um, of Project Blue Book. I think this is the interesting part. Is it interested in turning Blue Book into a PR front and focused on quelling the public's interest in UFOs, a desire that would eventually lead to charges of government cover-up? Mm. Lizard Man. Just throwing that out there. Hey, that's who's running the, the world anyway. I know. Yeah. That's what happened. Um, Thug life. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was harshly criticized by those who argued they were not properly investigating UFO reports. Um, so using it as a PR front as you said yeah you could you could if you're the government you've got these resources and you can totally use this as a way to kind of control what the public sees thinks all of these things um and and i mean honestly like i was just reading there's no there's no reports about the the roswell incident they probably didn't want to report on it they they botched stuff so bad that um they it led to a congressional hearing yeah because um, there were so many mistakes, and like they they detail in that like the um, 1965 local meteorologist uh, using weather radar independently tracked four unexplained flying objects. Hector, uh, under his advisement, Project Blue Book would claim that these witnesses had simply observed the planet Jupiter. The problem with that explanation is Jupiter wasn't even visible in the night sky. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's, it's like uh, in Men in Black when they're like, oh, you saw a weather balloon in a gas pocket yeah. exploded, and just look at this flash of light here. Well, yes. this is uh, Robert Reiser, an Oklahoma planetarium director, said the Air Force must have been uh, must have had its Starfinder upside down during August. <laughs> That's so, like clap back before that even was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking about the, the congressional hearing, the Condon Committee was the committee. The what committee? Yeah, Condon. Just- I, was, I thought you said condom. The condom the committee. Condom committee. <laughs> that they're wrapping it up to be safe. Yeah, say, you to throw it away after one use. Right? Um, <laughs> oh. Oh. So that was the so University of Colorado UFO Project, a group funded by the United States Air Force from 1966 to 1968 um, at the University of Colorado to study unidentified flying objects. Um, after examining hundreds of UFO files from the Air Force's Blue Book Project Blue Book, and from the um, civilian groups, UFO groups, um, they wanted to do their own investigation. So the reports and inclusions were gen- generally welcomed by the scientific community and have been cited as a decisive factor in the generally low level of interest in UFO activity among academics at that time. Um, so this was, you know, as, as you know, Chris was saying, there was a lot of, um, how do you say this? A lot of things just didn't smell right. <laughs> and someone had to step in and kind of figure out what was going on here. Um, which, you know, kind of happens when a government, well, a government um, organization kind of screws things up 
you bring in another government organization. To screw it up so just a little less. It it's a committee <laughs> form to check out that committee. We need to form a committee on that. I'll get back to you about that committee. Bureaucracy and its finest, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. So in response and to, their, um, to that committee's conclusions, Secretary of the Air Force Robert C. Siemens Jr. announced that Blue Book would soon be closed because further funding cannot be justified either on the grounds of national security or in the interest of science. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw... All right, so apparently the Project Blue, had, Project Blue Book had one consistent scientific consultant astronomer Dr. J. Allen Hynek. And um, Hynek uh, definitely didn't like Mr. Hector, or what was it? Uh, Quintanilla. Quint- yeah. No, no, called Hector uh, Q. What's his uh, major? Major, major friend? friend? Yeah. No, I think he's a major, too. He is. Um, but he said that the staff friend. of Blue Book, <laughs> both in numbers and in scientific training, is grossly inadequate. There is virtually no scientific data log between Blue Book and the outside scientific world. The statistical methods employed by Blue Book are nothing less than a travesty. And then in, in regards to Hector, he held him in particularly low regard, saying um, Quintanilla? Quintanilla. Quintanilla. Method was simple. Disregard any evidence that was counter to his hypothesis. Same thing that we ran into with every single person who headed up Project Blue Book. Is yeah. You had your own idea of what this was going to be, and damn you if you have anything to say um, that doesn't fit in. Which is really sad. Yes. Yeah. Mm. All right. So that was Blue Book, right? Anything else yeah. in Blue Book? So I will say that the first time that we talked about this, I wondered if the name has something to do with the book that you write in uh, when you take it like a test in college and you yeah. have to write an essay. And that's exactly where it came yeah, from. That's where it came oh, from. really? Yeah. yeah. Um, God, I don't remember those. Yeah. That, did, it was when you had to write essays. Yeah. How did you fucking remember that? Because I had to write a lot of essays <laughs> for tests. And those are the ones where you had to tear, tear them open, right? They yeah, you had to tear them open. Yeah, they were sealed. Uh, I only remember them from movies. We never had one like that either. Yeah, we had them. We had them. Yeah, I feel good. like I, sh- I should have. I mean, we were in a lot of the same classes. Yeah, you weren't going to county, were you? Well, I'm talking about not high school. This is college. Oh, it's college. Yeah. Oh no, I never had one in college. I know yeah, that I had to much. Get a lot of blue books. I was thinking like standardized tests. Oh nah, I don't think I wrote on a blue book for the what the Georgia high school writing test. Something like that. We're in so, Georgia, by the so way. So just in case you're disappointed that you know the government stopped with the bureaucracy when it came to UFO research, 2007, they brought it back for you. So there's a new UFO study called the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, um, which now they're, they don't call them UFOs now, they call them UAPs or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Phenomena, whatever. Um, so that started. They spent $22 million on the new study. Uh, so it was between 2007 and 2012. So you got some newer stuff now. Um, so this January, more than three dozen of the program studies became a pu- uh, publicly available, revealing the government's interest in everything from warp drives to invisibility cloaks. We totally need invisibility. Pervert. No, just yeah, because. No, I'm, pretty, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain. That's not why. Why? So that we cannot be seen. While he's peeping Tom. And Jerry. I'm a peeping Ben. I'm and Steve. <laughs> and Kyle. That would be cool, though. You can't and be, Hector. That could be really cool if we had invisibility. Aliens can give us something. That'd be cool. I want warp drives. Warp drives would also be cool. Then we can see other places in, in the universe. Or not. You know. <laughs> why, you know, just saying. That'd be awesome. Right, so the big question is, I mean, let's, let's start from scratch. Ben, do you believe in aliens? Yes. All right. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Oh, they went down the wrong pipe. Ah, oh, that's what oh she said. God. Oh, oh, God. She got the wrong oh, pipe. God. Oh, God. Egas. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think, yeah, I totally do. We talked about that last time. Yeah. Um, no, I totally believe. And mm-hmm. as do I. Just the, the sheer number mm-hmm. of uh, possible planets and even, you know. like, just... You have an infinite number of stars, then it's bound to have something. It's mathematically impossible to not mm-hmm. have some other form of life. 
I don't know if it's intelligent. I have heard theories that we're the most advanced in the solar system um, so far. Mm-hmm. Of what they found, yeah. Well, no, just in in general that we would, because there's got to be a first, and maybe the reason we haven't contacted because we are we the first. we're supposed to be the first? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's a good theory, but also it's kind of sad if we're the most in, yeah. advanced. It's because I've also heard that we're not the most advanced, but we're not, we're considered like, you know, a pit stop. Like, we're not advanced enough to be bothered by... We're the by. pilot yeah. truck stop on yeah. I-20. <laughs> well, that's, what everyone, that's everywhere I want to go. I always want to go to the pilot. <laughs> With the trucker showers. <laughs> or, the, or the flying J. I'm going to something like that. But yeah, we're just... We're not advanced enough to be contacted. And I guess when we're ready, they'll contact well, at least us. We're not like the kangaroo and like the bad side of town. <laughs> that reminds me of that... Kind of uh, looks end like of it, the world video. Don't the aliens see us blowing each other up? And they're like, ah, fuck that. And then they go to another planet. Uh, yeah. Hold on, what? Do you remember? It was, I think it was Group X. They had that like flash cartoon forever ago. And it was like end of the world. And like everyone's nuking each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so they show like a picture. Aliens are flying by Earth. And they see bombs going off. And they're like, ah, fuck that. And then they go away. I haven't seen <laughs> that. <laughs> Family Guy. Did, did they do that one time? Like the bombs start going off. Or things start blowing up. On, uh, oh, Y2K. Y2K. And it's like the guy walks out. And he's got. Oh, it's Dwayne Allman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I, I think that would more so that could more so be it. I've also heard the theory. I think I mentioned this in the last episode that people um, think that aliens are just time travelers. Yeah, yeah, we talk. And they just come back oh, to right, certain right, right, eras, right. but I don't, I don't. I mean, well, I mean, you got the so you got the Fermi paradox, which is like we should have seen something by now, and what's going on, and why yeah. are we not seeing things? Um, there's that kind of like, I think it's like a, it's not a glass ceiling thing but it, there's a there's a point that no no alien can get through at that point yeah and at that point your civilization kind of imp, like destroys itself yeah because what? that's as far as you can go basically like you've reached the you've reached the apex of where you can go yeah it's glass ceiling you can't go anywhere but down yeah. and that's and like either we're racing towards it or we've passed it and we are the first people to pass it. Yeah, it's uh, it's oh. the great filter. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, I think the so. The great filter and it's so life, it's not necessarily a civilization, it's life in general will hit that great filter and that's just the end of it. It doesn't go any further or it just completely falls off at that yeah. point. Um, and yeah, there's the question, are we, the question is, are we close to that and we just, we haven't reached it to end us or we somehow passed it, and it's so incredibly difficult to pass it that we are the only ones that have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets really weird. I, I love those space stuff, the theories. I mean, there's just so many, because no one knows. No one knows anything. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all guesswork right now. We have no idea. Um, except for Tom DeLong. Except for Tom DeLong, <laughs> who knows everything about Someone aliens. find Tom. Get his opinion on well, this. The government found him. Oh no, he'll tell us, yeah. and it'll be two or three hours long, and he won't be able to tell you. And anything. He won't be able to tell us anything. Yes, it'll be a bunch he'll of say he knows, but he won't be able to tell you. Yeah, dude, you just man, if you only knew. Well, tell me, can't tell you, <laughs> you mother. <laughs> did you say they made a uh, Project Blue Book series for yeah, the History Channel? Yeah, they did. this year. I would like to watch it. It looks very interesting. Yeah, it'll be good. Okay, uh, so next. Question. I think we, we kind of bounced around it and hit it a couple of times, but uh, do you think aliens have made contact? Have they visited this planet before? Mm, I wouldn't say... M- so, I guess it depends on your definition of made contact. Like, I, I believe they've probably been around, but unnoticed. So, well, I think contact, I feel like they've interacted with somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have. Okay. Um, so after watching the movie Contact, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I mean, I, I kind of think um, they probably have tried to stay out of, out of visibility, out of sight, so to speak. And instances where we have observed them, are, I think those are mistakes. We weren't meant to see them. Um, the crash in Roswell, more than likely a mistake. I think, if anything, they've been trying to just watch us from afar. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think... In our current civilizations, yeah, I believe that's the case. I don't, I, but I have seen a lot of interesting things about early civilizations and things they've seen and just crazy drawings they've put up yeah. and uh, the descriptions the Samaritans had about like the planets and knowing about our solar system well before anything that would be 
close to being considered like astronomy or anything like that yeah. would be around and the fact that they knew everything and they even mentioned a, another planet that we haven't found but they have that in our solar system and, our sol- and it's actually set up right the solar system is actually like a model of our solar system they knew about it before they should have known about it so things like that kind of like piqued my interest is like maybe maybe we were visited um, maybe that's how we're how, how able to evolve as quick Quickly, as we did yeah. and how, mu- how much of a gap between us and other animals mm-hmm. what well, I mean it could very well have happened in the past but yeah as of now like besides the random butt play I don't really mm-hmm. know of anybody that I mean besides Tom DeLong who knows anything about the aliens really really gets down well the dude from History Channel right oh the oh, yeah. aliens guy yeah he's not, I don't aliens. think he's actually met them I think he just they have to be aliens. I don't know. Have you seen this guy? Hard he looks on. like he's had yeah. a few yeah. you know, probes in his life. <laughs> he's been road hard and long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're all living in the center of the earth, anyways. I don't know why we're no. They're under the Denver airport. God damn it! I told you this last no, time. No, there's some there too, but there's also the hollow earth, and they're, they're all only, inside the hollow earth. They're only under the. Well, there's Denver a path airport. that comes up through the Denver airport. No. Yeah, it's like an exhaust pipe. A bunch of assassins. I mean, the lizard people are here. <laughs> the uh, Aryan race. Also known as the alien Aryan race. <laughs> so they have blonde hair and blue eyes. Apparently, they're skin. they're the Nordics. I think is what they call them. But they're um, also known as the Aryan aliens. But they're just giant, blonde hair, blue eyed creatures, and that's or creatures, but hominoids or aliens or whatever. And uh, it's weird. And you got the <laughs> the greys, which are the tiny mm-hmm. bug eyed ones that everyone thinks about when they think aliens. Hmm. And then um, I think there's a couple more. I don't know. There's a there's a big list of like tons of them. There's also alien human hybrids, which supposedly live among us. So, guys, I have a confession. God damn I'm kidding. I don't think now's the time to tell us that, man. Oh, oh you're about no. to get married, man. Nah, yeah, no, nah, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep drinking this IPA. Um, or if you've watched the movie, they live. They're all living <laughs> among us, and you need special glasses and Roddy. Roddy Piper. Oh God! To kick ass, and now that he's passed away, I don't know how we're gonna survive the They Live takeover. I have not seen that movie. Maybe the the power was in the chewing gum, right? No, it's in the glasses. In the glasses too. Yeah. Okay. Because he doesn't need chewing gum to kick ass, because he's all out of chewing Yo, gum. Oh yes, at that he one was point, out of it. Yes. And yet he still kicked all of the ass. Yeah. Every ounce of ass that he could kick. Rest in peace, Mr. Piper. Yeah, I mean he saved the day. Yeah. I mean, all those crazy subliminal messages on billboards and... Yeah, we wouldn't be here to make this podcast if it weren't for him. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Um, anything else, guys? Y'all, um, no, I, I think any, we're ready to give our thoughts on the... On the we're good on that? Uh, yeah, I guess. Matt? Yeah. No, nah, I don't you, know. You have something? No. I, no. Yes, no. What you got, Matt? We can talk aliens. You want to talk more about the submerged objects? There's a lot of crazy stuff about those. I've had, those, I've never heard that before. Yeah, Me I either. don't think Project Blue Book actually talks about them. I don't know. I didn't read the whole thing. We should have probably read the whole. It's only probably 13 pages. It's really not that much. I'm illiterate, so I can't. <laughs> now, nah, submerged objects are just you know alien craft that come out of the water. Oh, from the so center the, of the earth. Well, a lot of people think there's bases on on the ocean. Mariana's trench. One off of no, there's one off of Florida. Really? It would be. They did a. Um, Everything's off of Florida. I don't know if it was Discovery Channel or it was. I watched the documentary and they. There's this base, um, on Florida, uh, in Florida, and out in the water, you you see these cables that go and they just keep going, they keep going, they keep. Going. Oh, you've talked about this yeah, before. And it goes off this giant, the the continental shelf or whatever. Yeah. It goes off to the bottom and just keeps running. And they swear there's got to be because there's been sightings of like, sh- like ships busting through the water and taking off. Mm. And so a lot of people yeah, think just, there's aliens down there. That's just where the internet comes from. Uh, all of the internet. Yes. Is that where the giant router is? They have to fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. South Park, the documentary. <laughs> um, now, I don't know why I was thinking, like, what are your thoughts on, uh, what is it, the cornfield stuff? Like when they do the... Crop circles? Crop circles, there we go. I think those have been um, debunked. Uh, have they? Well, I mean, it depends. So there's a lot of them. And so, yeah, a lot of people say it's debunked and they go through all this stuff. I'm just, it's hard for me to believe that at least with the first few, someone would have took the time out to go out there with a plank of wood and make a perfect circle and other things around there. Yeah. Like that's, I can see it happening after the fact and people want publicity, but who the hell thought of it and then decided to spend the whole night 
or multiple nights padding down a circle right doing all that shit it i mean i don't know it's a little weird for me to to think it's that's, too perfect yeah. too and you go back to the um nazca lines and then what it's called the nazca line mm, don't know what are you talking about um so this um indian tribe or native american tribe or whatever it might be in mexico i don't know where the nazca lines are but there are these giant um figures that have been laid out like pathways and stuff that make an animal mm-hmm. like the, it, it's like a drawing a giant oh, drawing okay, okay a drawing that you shouldn't be able to make that perfectly from the ground like they're all, they're meant to be seen from out, like the sky yeah and so it's like how do they how are they able to pull that off and why were they making them that large was it for something to show their gods that they, they worshipped or was it something to show aliens or and how did they how were they able to pull that off so perfectly without being able to look at it like they right. just basically just blindly did this and then boom you've got like birds and other weird stuff they've made I mean that was that's that was one of my thoughts with the whole crop circle too even though it's yeah. not replicating something we already know it's like mm-hmm. like I said it's too perfect like mm-hmm. because they talk about that with uh, like the pyramids and how they line up like if you actually look at it, the pyramids actually make these like they line up with um different uh, oh, crap, like, um latitude longitude oh, lines uh, and, 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 and GPS points yeah kind of. like well, they they line the up perfectly with that and some of them line up perfectly with um like um star alignments and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. They talk about the, I think the pyramids actually line up with things like Stonehenge and crap like that. Like really? they line oh. up in different areas um, that they're not, there's no, they don't understand why they're doing like how they're able to pull that off in different areas. So how those it's all linking up. So it's almost like where they all visited and that's how they were able to grow and see from advanced civilizations to an extent. And then they got lost. Some things like that to me, I feel are more, um, Coincidence? Uh, yeah, coincidence. Yeah. Than anything, and and again, if you, the people pr- saying that are, it's kind of, the, it's like the opposite of trying to debunk the UFOs. Is like you want so badly that this Positive stuff to mean something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you you can make anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, the paintings, and it's like oh, there's that one dot right there, which obviously means there was a UFO, and they try mm-hmm. to put that in there. And if you, and uh, if you tweak, um, if you turn this piece of the the painting this way, and turn this one this way, and you yeah. link them up. Aliens. Oh, that's yeah. how yeah. it. Like that's how. That's why Asian Aliens is the worst show. I've never out seen there. it. And I don't uh, want yeah, to. Because no. that's kind of how they do it. It's like, oh, you know, you know, Leonardo da Vinci was like really into alien stuff. He was really into hiding things in the painting. So if you switch this painting and you turn this around and you flip this one upside down, you tweak it, and then boom, there's a UFO. Oh, it's like, like isn't there some shit with like the twenty dollar bill or the dollar bill that if you fold it a certain way, there's some shit on there too. Well, then you get into the. Illuminati, yeah. Illuminati. <laughs> oh no! I mean, I think it's, I like I thought that one of them was specifically like, probably alien related. Not. I thought you saw that dude behind the bush ready to shoot somebody. <laughs> Nazca um, lines are in the Nazca Desert in uh, Peru. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you got stories of advanced civilizations like Atlantis and all that stuff, and how that disappeared into the sea is what they say, and um, you've got crazy. Um, Things like uh, contraptions, like the the Baghdad battery, and um, all these weird things, where it's like you shouldn't have had that technology way back when, but you did. And why did you, or how, or all that crap? And there's, I mean, theories from like time travelers to aliens, like yeah. all that kind of crap. Um, there's that. What is that? That mechanism they found off of Greece. It's like um, basically the first computer. Hmm. They found it in a boat uh, huh. underneath the ocean, and it's. I mean, it's an analog. Yeah. It's nothing like, like today. But well, yeah, today's standards, it's... But still, like, like for Greece, like, for, like, the Greeks, that's... It shouldn't have happened. Um, yeah. I, mm. No, I, I think guess, it's cool. So I would love for it to, to like be yeah. time travel. That'd be even crazier if it was time travel. But, um, I mean, could it be aliens? Who knows? I mean, that could that could have been their contact with us. I mean, it's mathematically possible for a, a race that's more advanced than us to have found a way over here. I think it's just mathematically possible. I mean, I know from our science, we haven't figured out how to do deep space travel. Right. Especially not 
with a living living being and being able to go fast enough to be able to travel from different star systems. I mean, the closest star system we have over the planet is what Prox- Proxima Centauri, um, and it's four point five light years away. Yeah, four point five, four point two. I don't know. Anyways, it's a long ways away. Right now, it would take us a long time. I think with like the fastest thing we can go is like forty thousand years, something like that. Four point two four four million, yeah, light years, yes. Yeah. So we're we're so far away. There's no way we get there. I think the fastest they they think if we got to the light cell, um, kind of thing they're talking about. Stephen Hawking was talking about it. A bunch of other people like this thing where you basically uh, Project Starshot, I think is what it's called. Big lasers shoot these little bitty probes out. I think they're said the fastest that would go. Th- Theoretically, it was 40 years mm. to get to that place. So we're nowhere near being able to do time or space travel fast enough. Plus, we haven't mastered living in space at all. We, yeah. we, we suck at everything right now, not because we suck, but because we're, we're just not that advanced. Yeah. So you would need a, an a intelligent life form that is way more advanced than us yeah. from a science standpoint to ever get to us if they find us. Yeah. But they might have. And they gave up on us. Yeah. Or, hey, no, the government is working with them and just not telling us. Mm-hmm. You start you start digging, going down that rabbit hole, and you'll find all kinds of crazy I, shit. I don't like going down those rabbit holes. There's this guy that was That's giving... That's how we a, get people um, into the boss at our doors, right? Yeah. <laughs> this guy was on... I watched one YouTube video. It was this guy um, at a convention with other conspiracy nuts, but he he was like a consultant, and he worked for the government, and he worked for other like stuff, and he was going to like Lockheed Martin and all this stuff. And he was seeing all these crazy like UFOs that they were working on recreating the, uh, um, the machines and stuff. And it, I mean, he swears up and down it's real and we've already made contact and we actually have a lot of the information. Now, I know the Denver airport thing is something where they talk about that. There's different levels. No, there's another place too. It's like a town out there and that does the same thing where it's apparently there's a giant, um, structure underneath or like, almost like the hive from resident evil mm. and there's like levels and there's aliens living amongst humans and we have like um agreements with them and all that crap so you know i don't know all i know is government tell us everything and there should be alien life out there and you know it could happen yeah, yeah. no i definitely wouldn't discount that theory that'd be so far to get there 40 years that that's a that's a you ain't coming back mission well it's 40 years with a tiny it's not even uh, that's not a person like that's a tiny like extremely they're supposed to send like a swarm of them out Mm -hmm. and would have a giant grid of lasers that would power them to go Uh, the reason they're sending a swarm is so if one got took down you still like more would go and basically it's like this really really small machine with a giant cell that would yeah, capture the laser cell. yeah solar cell and um all that would do is go by and send pictures and stuff which the pictures would take forever to get back to not 40 years but um it takes a while so like we're nowhere near having the technology to get there in a human lifetime yeah they say um, 2069 is is um when they would want to do it the 2069 office Centauri mission which would use what you're talking about the the um the sail solar sail but I mean, it's just a little. It looks like a kite. It's very small. Yeah. Um, I mean, they want. They're saying that, but they 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 have no idea how to power that large of a grid of lasers. Because you have to have a giant, giant grid of lasers on like somewhere on the planet to shoot the laser beams out to be able to push those along. Yeah. Um, That's art. Elon Musk will figure it out. No, he's not doing that. He's not on that project. Tony he's still. Stark. He's still on the. Um, He's on the uh, SpaceX stuff, obviously. That's his baby, and they're just trying to get to Mars right now. They're not even paying no, attention no. to that. I was joking. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, yeah. No. Um, I know Robert Bigelow. Is it Robert Bigelow? Whatever. Bigelow is doing the uh, inflatable. I thought it was Deuce. Yes. <laughs> no, this guy, we'll, we'll probably talk about it later because um, he did buy the Sky um, Skinwalker Ranch. Um, he's really big into crazy stuff like that, but he bought, he's doing. He's a billionaire, and he's doing a um, inflatable habitat, space habitat. Because that's one of the biggest problems we have is 
one is getting stuff like modules up to space for cheap because right now it takes us like the space station costs like 120 billion or something like that 150 billion plus it's 1.2 billion each flight up there to help build the craft yeah um uh, build it so he's done like inflatable housing is what they're, they're trying to pull off so that that's i mean we have different different challenges we have the living quarters which is a, one big thing we have s- deep space effect on our bodies which is another issue they're going to have gravity another issue which would hopefully solve some of the the other issues we have um speed to get to places mm-hmm. slowing back down how we do things when we get to those places we don't have never tried we've never tried to make a living quarters on anywhere any outside planet i mean it's a lot of stuff with hasn't really been addressed yeah. and they're still just trying to work out the kinks on how to travel i mean we can make it to mars but we need to be able to make mars in a fast enough time and then get back <laughs> get back well i mean not even get back like cuz there's only there's there's small there's not small windows but there's windows to move come back from earth or go to from earth to mars and back like you don't you can't just all right we're good let's head back you have to yeah. fit it in that window um, so you have to be able to live on that planet for a while, and they're not anywhere near it because Mars, particular, has a lot of problems, like the from the the um, the dust, which is so fine it would just destroy most of our stuff. It's already messing with our rovers mm. up there, to the poisonous soil um, that's there, uh, terrible like storms, like dust storms, um, lack of protection from. Cosmic rays and radiation, because they don't have, um, it doesn't have a really good environment or atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many problems there. If something goes wrong, you're screwed. Yeah, like, no. No one sent anything else up. 300 days to get there. Um, every two years, it's at its closest point, yep. which is 55 million kilometers from Earth. So, at its closest, 300 days. <laughs> they're talking about a. Um, they have something they're working on that I think gets you there in 34 days. Mm. Um, but I mean you got your different travel so you get your ion drives they've been testing the M drive which is like the impossible drive but apparently I think the latest stuff said it it, it's, it doesn't work Yeah. but the ion drives are, are pretty good the biggest problem is the fuel you need an amount of fuel to get you there Yeah. and a lot of amount of fuel to get faster but the, like <laughs> the, the more fuel you add the heavier the rocket is Means you need more fuel to make it faster, yeah. which means it got heavier, so you need more fuel. fuel like yeah. it's, it's a terrible, terrible cycle. So obviously, if there's aliens, they're smart as shit, and they've already figured yeah. this out. If they're getting so, here just for fun, like they're just, yeah. it's just to mess with us. It's like a vacation. Like, oh, I'm gonna, hey, gonna honey, go you want to go visit Earth today? I Earth sure do. We're the Florida of the solar or the. So the Ouch. cosmos yeah it fits your budget you know, it's like oh we can or the PCB it's just a bunch of like party sluts yeah. that go on college vacation <laughs> like oh. yeah go to one of those all inclusive resorts on earth <laughs> like they're the, really cheap there I think they call it the Denver airport <laughs> <laughs> oh I've been there before it's really nice in the sun but don't go in the winter it's really cold and it snows unless you want to ski aliens <laughs> damn aliens all right, so let's talk about the beer. Um, so this was Pontoon Brewing's um, Galaxy... What was it? Drifter? Drifter. Galaxy Drifter. 321 Get Weird uh, IPA. So um, I liked it. It definitely... It, that's why you saw me looking at it earlier was I was trying to find out if what I thought it tasted like was legit, and it does say tropical fruit kind of um, blend, citrus flavor, tropical fruit. I was like, do I taste pineapple? I think it, I think it tastes a little bit of pineapple, but I also tastes a little bit citrus, like a rind flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was good. It's, it's refreshing. Um, still got a little bit of a bitterness that I've come to know from my IPA. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that is, yeah, it's an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the alcohol it's like learning on this one. 6.3, I think. Yeah. Ooh. But I will say it, it's really good. It's refreshing. It's different. I'll say it's different. I like it a lot. So what do you think, Matt? No, I liked it a lot. I was reading the... I was hoping the little paragraph on the back had something cool on it, but it's whatever. No, it's tasty, though. Yeah, eh, standard IPA. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of IPAs, no. so it it didn't... Um, there's other IPAs I've liked better, but, I mean, it tastes kind of like a standard IPA. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. IPAs are IPAs to me, in all honesty. 
I thought it was pretty good. Um, so hats off the pontoon. I can't remember. What do you think of the last pontoon brewery? I thought we thought I it was think we right. liked it. Yeah, it was a um, it was also an IPA, but it was um, like Lake something. I think. Was it? I thought it was like an amber. I don't remember. I don't know. I know we used it. It was during the Urban Legend one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we were, were talking gonna, about Lake Lanier. Yeah, we were going to talk about Lake Lanier, and we didn't because we decided oh, we, we didn't do a whole episode. That's right. That's right. That's um, right. But it was an Urban Legend tied into it because yeah. of Lake Pontoon. It works. Forget about it. And I think I, I think <laughs> I used that exact same. You word. probably did. Anyways, um, that was great. Um, oh, Jesus. Please check us out on Instagram. Um, <laughs> Instagram at Touched by a Podcast. Facebook at Touched by a Podcast. Twitter at Touched by a Pod because they're tyrants and they won't let us put cast on the end of that because it's just too long. <laughs> we'll get them for that. That's what um, she said. We got a Patreon page, so please subscribe. Um, help us out. We like to continue doing these and like to really get into the um, doing some remote stuff. We've been talking about doing some trips and uh, we're definitely still looking into that and we'll let you know when we get some because we really want to do some remote sessions where we do the podcast at the location and hopefully do some investigations if it's ghost related or if it's, if you know, if we're out in the woods hunting Bigfoot, I don't care. We'll camp. Yeah. Um, right now at the very least a oh few yeah. bucks here and there for some beer money. Oh yeah. Um, definitely help out. Um, and then you can email us, let us know what you think at info, sorry, info at touched by a podcast.com. Um, Please hit us up. Let us know what you think. Give us some ideas for any future episodes. That would be really cool. Uh, our website should be up soon. It is www.touchbyapodcast.com. So when I get that one finished up and ready to go, you can check that out and find all things touched <laughs> by us. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, and get up-to-date news and all that. So just check us out on social media. Hit us up on our email address. Once again, that's info at touched by a podcast.com and um, please subscribe to all our social media and Patreon and you guys have a great evening or day or whenever you listen to this. I'm Chris. I am Matt. And I'm Ben. We are paranormally not normal. Oh. I dig. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for a lot of things.